I've just had the most wonderful chat with Sue Atkins. Uh, she's, uh, uh, I'm laughing because she's, she's a live wire and you might know her as the parenting expert for the Disney Channel, for BBC Radio, for ITV's This Morning programme. Uh, she's an author. Um, she's written a number of books to help raise children. Uh, she's got the Toddler Roadmap, which is a free resource on her website. And she's, and, and much more podcasts. She's, she's a fascinating woman. And she, she feels that raising children is a challenging business. And she says it's a bit like trying to tame jelly. And she really wants to not only help, um, parents to raise happy positive children but for parents to become relaxed and confident in what they're doing too i really think you'll enjoy this one hi sue hello hello how are you i'm really <laughs> good thank you i'm absolutely thrilled to have you on precarious parenting so thank you so much oh my pleasure Ah, oh, so my first question always is, can you just paint a picture of who you are? You know, what work do you do? Where are you based? What does your life look like? <laughs> where do you start? Well, yeah. I'm based in sunny sometimes, uh, Wallingham in Surrey. And I live here with my husband and my three dogs now. My kids have grown up and flown the nest, you know, grown up a long time ago, really. Um, and what I do, I think I write and I broadcast and I do speaking gigs and I do some TV and radio stuff all around parenting because my passion is parenting and raising happy, confident, resilient children. And at the moment, undamaged by living through a pandemic is my kind of little bit in brackets now to make sure parents feel happy and confident because then they can pass on that gift of self-esteem and confidence to their kids. Isn't that wonderful? That's such an important message. Um, oh, even that, there's so much to unpick just there. But tell tell us about uh, your TV and, 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 and the writing, um, you know, because I think people will know you. So let's, you know, and, mm. and also we go out to people in the States and, and other parts of, so tell us a bit more about that. Yes, well, I was invited. Well, let's start at the beginning. Um, I was a deputy head and class teacher for over 22 years. Then my dad died, quickly followed in the same year by my mum all around my birthday. And oh. it became a bit of a tsunami. This is quite <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, mm. It became a tsunami of, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness me, you know, and a midlife thing. I was in my 40s and, you know, middle of 40s. And then I was walking my dogs across the muddy fields around Surrey here. And I thought, well, what did my parents give me? You know, I was in that reflective, pondering kind of mood when you walk and you're just looking at the lovely trees, the dogs are running off. And I thought, oh, they gave me the gift of self-esteem. Now, I'd been working in my school in pastoral care as well. I'd taken on that as well as deputy head side of stuff. And I thought, ah, oh, I've got to do that. I want to, I've been working with the children now for over 20 years. I'd like to work with the parents because mm. they are the first people to give their children confidence and self-esteem and an inner knowing that they're okay. And mm. uh, I thought, oh, right, I've got to do that. So I went and retrained and I trained as an NLP master practitioner and trainer with uh, 
Dr. Roger Callahan and Dr. Richard Bandler and Paul McKenna and all sorts of different people in the NLP world. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is so interesting. And that led me on to train with Tony Robbins in the States and all sorts of stuff. And I got very, very qualified around it. And then I thought, right, what am I going to do with this? And I thought, well, I'll start a coaching practice, which I still run, have lots of clients, one-to-one and, you know, groups and things. And then I was approached, this is back in 2007, to write a book. And so uh, I took the NLP for Dummies book and she, she bought the NLP. I didn't realize that she bought the NLP Dummies. I wouldn't recognize her. We sat and met. I went, oh, you've got the same book. And so then she invited me to write Raising Happy Children for Dummies, one in the very famous Black and Yellow series. So that kick-started and I loved it. I loved writing it. It flew out of me uh, mm. apparently quickly in six months and then you edit it and then you get it released and promote it and all the rest of it. But that then led to TV uh, on ITV This Morning and loads of BBC radio because once you can talk, <laughs> they'll ask you. And I try and be sensible. This is very important stuff, you know, although I make it fun. Uh, the advice I want to give people is something that can be very practical and helpful. And then that led to me being invited to write another book in 2012 called Parenting Made Easy. Um, so that kind of, it just went that way. And then that led to Disney and then that led to being on TV a bit more and doing all sorts of different things for different radio stations and writing for companies in their in-house magazines. I like to do the Don't Stew Us, Sue Atkins kind of agony aunt business, which I love doing, to be quite honest. So anybody listening to that who would like me to write for them, I love that. That's something I really do enjoy doing and answering you know, real interesting questions that can be helpful to parents all around the world. Mm, fantastic. So people might have seen you on uh, the, the, the the Disney Family Channel. Uh, yeah, well, we and- sit, I, yeah, I used to sit on the sofas answering questions once a month for them. I yeah. like <laughs> and then ITVs this morning. And, and, yeah. um, and just to be clear, just if anybody doesn't know, NLP, Yes. It's the study of excellence. It's called Mm. neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro meaning the brain and how the brain processes itself. Linguistics is all the language we use inside our own heads, but the language and communication skills for children and families. And then programming is how you make sure that that runs as a habit. It's an Mm. awful name. And even Dr. Uh, Richard Bander doesn't particularly like it but as a you know a phrase because you have to yeah. explain it but basically it's the study of excellence and mm. how you communicate well so that's what I've sort of honed down on and then I also study Adlerian psychology and do my continued professional development around that so yeah mm. always learning but always trying to help as well with a helping hand not a pointy finger. I love that I love that. And, and and that's what this series is about. You know, a helping hand, not a pointy finger, because there's mm. no space. There's no space for judgment. You know, parents are doing the yeah. best they can, right, with what they've got. Uh, absolutely. All of us, you know. Yeah. And yet when you get a bit older, it's that idea of, well, I've been there. I've done that. This worked. Also then, you know, sort of making it robust if you wanted to think about it. Uh, You know, it's done because I've studied it. But on the other hand, it's very practical. And it's about, well, you know, we've all been there. And I think Mm -hmm. it makes a difference because quite a lot of famous um, nannies or super nannies or whatever um, haven't got kids of their own. And I know what it's like to get up in the middle of a night to a sick child. And I also know when my daughter turned 18, passed her test and said, oh, I'm going over to visit my friend Hattie. And she went out the drive and turned right. And I thought it's a really busy road. And I was really worried about how she was going to get there. So 
there's so many things when you're a parent that it never ends sort of slightly worried about where they're going and what they're getting up to. But my whole thing is you've got to empower them and trust them and make sure that they go out and make those mistakes, but it, they're not too fatal for them, you know. Yes. And 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 I heard somebody say um, once that a father's role, and I think this could be either parent, you know, what whatever the parent is, the role is to just gently have their hands on the young person's shoulder blades and just ease them out the door. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like that because it's that idea of just easing them towards independence and standing on their own two feet. Yeah, and I talk about nudging, not sledgehammering. Certainly when they're teenagers, the more you kind of try and sledgehammer them and tell them what to do, the more they're going to resist that. So you have to kind of gently do it, really, and and navigate them that way, which I think is a better analogy, really. Yeah, no, I like that very much. So when you were a head te- uh, deputy head teacher, you had the pastoral role, which I also did, but in further education. So other end to your yes. your experience. Yeah. Um, and you could see that the parents needed support, which I really do in my line of work. I see that behind um, many young children who are feeling agitated or having feelings of of depression or whatever it is there's a parent who needs some support too so what did you notice when you were in that education role what were you seeing with the parents it's interesting isn't it i suppose there's a comparison between um hot housing parents as well anxious parents pushy parents as well you see a whole swathe of parents you know some parents who didn't give their children time but gave them bi- motorbike you know motorbikes um push bikes yeah. um because i always say children spell love t i m e so it doesn't matter where you come from it's all about spending time with them so that they feel important and their you know their self esteem is nurtured because you want to talk to them listen to them read to them eat with them be with them go on holiday with them that's the main thing it's not about material things so i suppose i noticed different styles of parenting and then you study it you realize there's sort of four i mean people go on about all sorts of things lawnmower helicopter all sorts but there's those four basic ones which is you're authoritarian where you're telling them all the time what to do that doesn't really work long term certainly as they go into the teenage years as you will know then there's authoritative which got make sure your teeth are in because you get muddled up with the two of them. But that's the best one where you're in authority, but you're, you know, you're flexible on the journey. You listen, you adapt as they grow and mature. You change some of the rules around a little bit to accommodate that. Then there's permissive and then there's neglect. So there's four types of and we all kind of fit into all of those in a way but the best one is the one where you are not your child's friend that's what I've noticed has changed a great deal in recent years this idea of being sort of scared to say no to your kids or wanting them to like you all the time your job is not to you know to be their friend they've got plenty of those you do have to put rules around them and boundaries but I think they've got to be firm they've got to be fair and they've got to be consistent and then you know like I get on all the time with my kids I really get on well even now they're really grown up but you don't I don't need to know some of those things that went on and you know my daughter went to Glastonbury a few years ago <laughs> don't yeah. I need all those details <laughs> yes yes some things are left 
best not know. (laughs) Exactly. And I actually say to a couple of my really close girlfriends when they're talking about their kids, I say, well, do you remember when we were 18 or 16 or, and they go, oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Oh God. I hope they don't get up to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's a couple of things you've said that I absolutely love. I mean, when you said earlier, um, having an inner knowing that our children are okay, that speaks volumes to me. A deep inner knowing that no matter what behavior they're demonstrating or whatever's going on, there's an inner knowing that they're actually deeply okay. I love that. And the other thing you just said, which I completely adore, his children spell love T-I-M-E. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. So simple. Well, I think if so they, true. I hope, yeah, if they get a takeaway from listening to this, just thinking about that, because sometimes we're so busy. And, of course, being a mum or a dad raising children is tiring. It's exhausting. Um, mm. But I do think if you just think, yeah, actually – one of the, the tips in in my blog and one of the tips I talk about with the parents I work with, co- you know, coach them, is you call it for a minute because in your head, if it's for a minute, it doesn't sound too long. So whether it's a child that's three and you play with them on the floor for a minute with the Lego or whatever, or it's an older child and I'll help them with the homework for a minute, actually you get engaged and you get involved and you're there for, for a bit longer than a minute but it also means you then say, well, I've set them off. They can play or they can do what they're doing now. I've helped them out, get started. I've just got to go and peel the potatoes or whatever you've got to do. So yeah. that for a mm. minute is quite a nice one because it helps you get down and get involved with your kids, but you don't have to sit there forever. And the other thing that parents need to know is I remember playing Ludo with Molly uh, when the boys, my son was playing football and his dad took him to it on a Sunday. And she said, well, should we play Ludo? And that was quite nice. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit much though, just two of you waiting for a six, but anyway, and then we <laughs> played it and then she could play again. Oh yes. Okay. And the third time she said, can we play? And I thought, God, I'm not really enjoying this, but we are chatting, we're having a laugh and we're playing. And then I realised that no matter how long you play, whether you're out in the garden playing quick cricket or you're on the trampoline, they will always want you to play more with them. So you have to put a boundary around that too. You have to sort of not be a, a Butlin's red coat. But on the yeah. other hand, it is in, it's important that you do get stuck in and play with them and listen to them. Yeah, because that's often where the chats come in, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it's like working with, uh, because I'm a stepmom and and the lads, uh, I knew them when they were 10 and 12 and they're now in their late 20s and they've gone. Um, And if you wanted to have a chat, you'd do something, you'd be active. Because you don't want to sit around and just talk like like girls might so you go off and do something but it's that and that's when you might find you actually engage and drop into something quite important i think you're absolutely right sometimes even just driving and you're not looking at each other but you're chatting i remember i used to take my son up to 
the practice. You know, I used to go to football training on a Thursday and it was kind of in the traffic hour and I used to somehow go to six o'clock. Anyway, we started to do it over the years and then you realise sometimes we talk deep and meaningful. Sometimes we just have the radio on and sometimes we talk about Chelsea because that was the team we were, you know, used to go and support and still do. Um, sometimes it would be, you know, I'd be passing on some wonderful wisdom or something. So those conversations, they came naturally from that half yeah. an hour of driving up to football. And then, mm. of course, Kevin would go and get it because we'd share the journey. He'd go up after us you know, and come back and get it. He would have the same sort of type of thing if he wanted as well. And so there was a wonderful space there that uh, I think was very interesting. It taught me that, you know, doing something together. I work with parents uh, going through divorce and things. When we talk about co-parenting or step-parenting. Often don't sit there looking at each other first time you meet them. Go off bowling or whatever you do so that there's a focus. And I think you're absolutely right. Do something with them so that the conversation can, can, comes out more naturally, doesn't it? It does. And it's like, it's really interesting because as you're talking, I just keep thinking about this time element. And and, a, and another podcast in this series is with a lady called Mavis Khan, which is about deep listening. And it's like when we give time, we can drop into a space where we're available to hear. And it's the same with any relationship. Same with my husband. Sometimes he wants to talk to me and I'm like, oh, God, don't talk to me now. Mm. And other times we're both we have the space, like you say, to actually hear something quite important. Well, yeah. I remember I was uh, deputy head at the time, teaching everybody else's kids, and I'd gone to bed with a hot chocolate, I remember it, and my glasses and a good book. So I was in bed, settled, I thought, oh, this is marvellous. And then suddenly sort of my son came sort of padding. He was in his teenagers, about 14, I think he was. And he came and sat on the end of the bed. And I picked up that he wanted to talk. And I say this to all the parents. I, I put the glasses down, put the book down and said, oh, so tell me about that. And I thought this and do you know what? It was what I call magic moment because mm -hmm. he started to open up about something. I can't remember really now to this day what it was, but it was an important moment. And I recognized it as the important moment because it's not yeah. about when you want to talk. You know, all the parents I work with that come out and say, oh, we come out of school and they go, how was your day? What did you learn? What did you do? They don't want to talk to you then, but young ones will talk in the bath, perhaps when the, you know you're mm. relaxed and flashing about and mm. you just hear something funny. Or later on in the day, if you ask an open-ended question, what made you laugh today, or what you know, how's it going? They might be ready to open up and talk to you then. And then you get to know what might be worrying them or what's funny yes. or what's interesting. They're the moments. So look for the magic. Don't make it always mm. sometimes. Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's talking my language. Um, I wanted to ask you, as the nation's parenting expert, how about that? I feel like I should have a drum roll. <laughs> if only that were true. <laughs> Let's for the moment say it is, right? So um, what would you say are the three top issues? This is a bit of a silly, you know, is it a silly question? It's a hard question. No. no, there's no such thing as a silly question. My dogs are barking. Sorry about that. Um, top three, what? Questions, problems or tips? What did you ask me? No, probably questions that you get asked, problems that get put to you. Yes. A lot of it's technology based at the moment moment with teens and worry about them in isolate you know they've been isolated from their friendships coming through that pandemic 
worrying about their mental health, the studying side of it too, because all of that got changed and they had to, you know, they didn't get, they didn't do exams, did they? They were given a a thing that was a debacle, wasn't it? My goodness. Um, With toddlers, that's why I wrote the toddler roadmap, actually. It's a, it's a podcast, but it also is a, a free e-training, most of it, uh, you know, 41 videos and audios and 28 modules or something. Loads of ideas are raising a happy, confident, resilient toddler, whether that's, you know, w- when you've got a sibling, when you're looking at self-esteem or where, why they say why or speech and language or anything to raise potty training, bedtime routines. I wrote it all to kind of guide people around raising toddlers because I also volunteer at the library on a Friday doing rhyme time because I feel speaking and singing and being sociable is so much part of what you learn as a little one and I was reading that a lot of mums and dads don't really sing or read to their kids so I thought if I volunteer because they have rhyme time up there in my local library and it's been so good and it's lovely to see the children coming out the babies the toddlers the carers the grandmas all the people because that's the sociable side of it too and because people were worried about the social skills of their toddlers because they were you know in lockdown a lot of the time they're also worried about the masks because there has been a thing with Ofsted saying yes children find it difficult to read your body language and your face and what you're saying because of course for a long time everybody was wearing masks all over the place so that will pass but I did write a lot of stuff about that the teenagers were worried about the mental health the toddlers about the language and self-esteem underpins absolutely everything that I've written or I broadcast or I speak about in schools or in organizations and I love that whole idea of I don't mind what the questions are I just I've usually got an answer for some of them I don't know where it comes from my friend said I don't know how you do that live on Delhi but I love it and thrive on it because I don't know I just think you know having studied some of this stuff I've got some practical ideas I've been doing it a long time no finger pointing just a helping hand so yes it can be any issue from friendships when they get to seven or eight to bullying when they get to nine and ten or actually there was a whole period I was writing about transitioning to secondary school as well because that's a big milestone in a child's life not just starting school at five going to big school is quite a big move for a lot of children and again because of sometimes their schooling was a bit disrupted their confidence took a bit of a knock for that yeah you know it's interesting you just reminded me that last week I was talking to a girl who's coming to the end of year seven and she feels that um it uh she isn't as far ahead as she should be she's you know quite high expectations of herself and it's like you know we ended up talking about how we're always learning to learn and how actually in year seven she's got to the end and she's learned how to manage at secondary school she's learned about all the different expectations of teachers in this school she's you know she's actually done more than just the topics in history and maths and there's been a much wider learning yeah soft skills I had to somebody else reminded my daughter as well Molly she was going for jobs and she's older now of course uh, in her 20s and um, you know someone reminded her that she had all these soft skills that you don't usually 
pat yourself on the back for she's very mm -hmm. punctual she's very kind she's got mm. you know a smiley face she's open she's thoughtful you know and all of that sort of stuff um that you don't always sort of think it because it's very narrow at school isn't it it tends to be very focused on subjects but there's so much more to learning and you never stop learning i remember my children's grandma she's passed away now she had dementia but um before she got that she had a mobile phone and she used to text them and i thought my god she was 74 at the time and we used to love that the V sometimes gave it was sort of like Roman because instead of a U, she pressed the wrong button and it'd be a V, so it would come out looking kind of Roman. But wow, to embrace technology, to communicate with your grandchildren at 74, I love the mindset. You never stop learning, do you? No, you really don't. It's great. And what I what I really love is that, you know, embracing those soft skills. So you know, I always have to remember that this is your podcast, not mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, it's but, you ours. Know, <laughs> it's ours. Let's just go with it. But, you know, sometimes a parent might say to me, I'm so worried about my child. I'm so worried about how they behave and how they act. And I sort of sometimes say, well, what are they like if when they're not with you and they go out somewhere else? And they go, oh, they're fine. They can sit at the table. They can chat. They can be polite. And it's like, so it's okay then. You're doing a great job. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love the fact that you're pointing that out. So, oh gosh, in all the roles that you've got going on for you, right? And you've 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 intimated that you've got free stuff. So, at the end of it, we're uh, we're going to point people to your website, and we'll talk about that. But where do you currently feel you're making the most impact? Well, how? What kind of a question's that, Sue? It's interesting because it goes in flurries of different things. I've just written and done some videos for Disney around play. And we've just done these videos on the gift of play. And that's a free, uh, it's not. On, it's on my website. If you go to thesueatkins.com, it has mm. to be the, because there's a lady called Sue Atkins sitting on a yacht and it's not me. Anyway, so it's the one and only sueatkins.com. And on the front page there, there is the gift of play which is a downloadable free thing and also the website is designated to play play starters puzzles activities ideas for imaginative play because play is the way children learn so much and also with the pandemic and that relaxing playing learning interacting with you but also with their other peers or their friends or their cousins and sometimes you know getting started is a bit of a tricky one and parents i was actually on the vanessa felt show last week radio london she said there was this journalist who said she she just can't stand playing with her kids gets panicky when they say can we play schools and <laughs> vanessa was talking the same saying well she quite likes certain things but she just dreaded dressing up or having to pretend to be a pirate or something so anyway the gift of play is designated and designed to help you with that one also underneath that you'll see the key the nine key skills of res um, resilience i wrote that as a free ebook because i think there are nine c's and they talk you know i talk about capability confidence courage connection plus all the others so download that that's for free if you go to the sueatkins.com and then have a play and explore because i've got loads of stuff on there around videos and blogs and podcasts and you know my passion is to help you be the best parent you can be without finger pointing so i just created if you like reading 
read it. If you like watching, watch my YouTube channel. If you like listening, listen to my podcast. It's all there to kind of, you know, give you a helping hand. Isn't that great that there's so much stuff out there? You know, it's so helpful. Because what I really love is you said um, you, you've on your website, you say, uh, I've helped thousands of parents like you to overcome your challenges and develop your own balanced, down-to-earth parenting approach that creates happy, positive children and relaxed, confident parents. And you've really exuded that. I mean, this podcast, you that's exactly what it says on the tin. So I love that. So tell me, um, so here, I mean, you've given so many messages out, but if you had one message to give all parents, I'm not asking much, one message to give all parents, what would it be, Sue? Um, goodness me. Well, you nurture your child's self-esteem in everything that you do, everything that you say and how you behave. So just even pressing a pause button, like on the remote control, to freeze frame sometimes and step back when you're in the middle of saying something or doing something and just ask yourself that question, you know, is this going to damage their self-esteem or not? Because that will shift you sometimes into just thinking, oh, no, I better not say that because that's not really what I mean. Um, so it's about building a child's self-esteem underneath it all because then, they won't settle for a bad old job or they won't settle for a bad relationship. They'll have the courage to go, you know, out of their comfort zones, whether that's learning to tap dance or go for a job that they're not sure they can actually do, but they, they'll learn on the, on the way. So self-esteem, give your kids the gift of self-esteem because that to me is the best gift you can give them. All the other stuff they can learn for themselves, can't they? Yeah, I love that. I love that. So just to wrap up, you have already said this, but just tell us again your website address. It will be on the show notes. And just really quickly, the key things you'd like people to just notice that they can access for free or not. You know, yeah. there are other things that aren't for free. Yes, well, I've got thesueatkins.com where there are podcasts, there are blogs, there are articles, there are things in my shop, loads of stuff I've written that you can buy that I make it low price so that you can access it. There's my Can Do Kids journal, which is all of my ideas around raising a happy, confident kid with confidence. There's my divorce journal for kids, for children mm -hmm. going through a divorce. That's full of activities that will support them as well. And then I wrote the toddler roadmap so it's called toddlerroadmap.com it's got all these videos all of this written stuff if you want to read it or you want to listen to it whatever way you prefer it it's all there to help you raise a happy confident resilient toddler so they're the sort of focuses at the moment anyway sue you're a star i've loved talking to you thank you so much for your time Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. I could talk to you all evening because we're on the same wavelength talking about the same sort of things, which is helping hands, not really pointy fingers. Absolutely. Well, maybe we've got another episode in us yet. I bet there's a whole load of them we could do together if we, we thought about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. listening to precarious parenting by realization works subscribe to realizationworks.com to access more resources including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people